1: Okay, boys and girls, welcome to a new edition of Billy Raul, and La Musica. Now, these are really cool episodes because we're not talking with an artist. We're not talking with a rapper, a singer, a songwriter. We're talking with somebody that's in the industry. And on this very special episode, we're talking with Rob Marcus, who is known for working with artists like Depeche Mode, Jay Balvin, Faith No More, Juan is so many artists and The Killers. Yeah, the killers, <laughs> Philly's favorites, the yeah. Peshmo my favorites. And you know, really to give us a little bit of an insight on the music industry side of things. What did you think of Rob?
0: Oh my God, I absolutely loved him. And like you mentioned, you know, so we're starting this. New series of *Pilita en la Música*, focusing on the music industry, right? And we started off with Rob, and right, like you said, maybe he's not a musician, but he's definitely still a superstar. Um, this guy is extremely busy, so we were, we were very, very lucky that he took the time. Like he sat with us for an hour and just yeah. really dug into his daily life at WME as a music agent and as a partner. And talk to us about Juanes and the killers and the mode and all these amazing stories. It was so interesting and I absolutely loved him. Very cool guy. Um, I felt honored in all sincerity to have someone so important. Oh, yeah. Especially,
1: and you're going to hear this right off the bat, how busy this guy is. It's So unreal. to be able to get him for an hour of his time. And he was genuinely happy to speak about these kind of issues and industry insights that you don't normally get to hear about. You know, everybody just sees, you know, the the glitz and the glamour of all the stars. But then you get a little more of that background and really how much work it takes to get this stuff done and to develop these artists into these megastars. And he's, he's brutally honest and very sincere about what he does and how he does it and why he does it.
0: I mean, Rob oversees the music division's Latin group and primarily focuses on international deals for WME artists. This is an extremely busy and important person in the music industry. So we're so honored to kick off these monthly editions of Pilita la Musica, focusing on the music industry with Rob Marcus. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to have such an experienced man in the music industry joining us today and hopefully, you know sharing more about your experience and some tips, advice, and just your experience um, in the music industry for those of of you who are listening to us and are musicians or want to be part of what happens in the background as part of the music industry. With us, Rob Marcus. Rob, as a partner and music agent at William Morris Endeavor, what is your day-to-day like?
2: First of all, thank you very much for having me here. I love the program, and I think what you guys are doing is really great. So it's an honor to be here, and I'm happy to share my experience and my time with with you and with the listeners. So thank you very much. Day-to-day, it's very broad. I'm involved in, I've been an agent for 18 years. here in the States, helping to build um, what was William Morris and then became WME's international business. So primarily business outside of the US and Canada. But since then, I've also become very involved in in our business in the US. Um, This music business is really a global business. And in the past, really five to 10 years, it's become even more of a global business. So the range of things that I as an agent do is, is, is really, really broad. If I look at today, um, you know, one of my first calls was with um, another agent discussing the career of Andrea Bocelli's son. Um, You know, my next call was with a client of mine who I represent who are the Smurfs out of Belgium. Um, You know, my next call um, was with colleagues discussing the global touring of Jack White, who's a client. My next call was with the management of Juanes discussing the upcoming uh, European tour of Juanes. Uh, my next call was with a young lady who is um, um, interested in joining the agency and was referred to me, and she's a very capable Latina um interested in a position with us and um i'm probably not remembering the next couple of calls that that led <laughs> that led into here but eventually eventually it like a busy day it it, it you know, oh no there was another one we were on a call with the management of 9 inch nails discussing potential support for um some dates that they have coming up and then this call came so it's it's a busy day but as you can see when you go from uh, Los pitufos to Juanes to nine inch nails. That's a pretty broad range of, uh, of of activity. For the most part, it has to do with their live careers in terms of um, their 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 touring business. Um, with the Smurfs, we're involved in um, their film business. Their um, live music touring business, their recorded music business, so it's a little bit broader than just um, on on the live touring side. But for the most part, my days are filled with strategy and um, and execution of um, of of touring touring activity for um, for 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 music artists.
1: Wow! Well, wow. we love that all that happened before lunchtime in a day that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and and we also need to know that and make sure that you gave Rafa uh, and Juan' esteem a, a really hard time because he's also a dear
2: friend <laughs> I love I love I've worked with Juan S., I think now maybe sixteen years and um you know I am so fond of him and of Rafa and of the entire team and what they've achieved and what he's achieved and not just in the realm of music, but in what he does in terms of social awareness and, um, in terms of just, just, just in every way, family and, and across the board. And I've, I've had such great experiences. I've been with Juanes from, from playing for the King of Morocco to, you know, Lollapalooza in Chile. So the, 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 the range of opportunities that we've been able to do and the you know to see the pleasure that someone like Juanes brings onto the faces of fans all over the world is really just priceless it, it makes all the hard work really worth it
1: yeah, well that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about all these artists and all the the backgrounds and where they're from, and your travels and you being born in Australia, Hungarian parents, and just a a, a massive mix of all these cultures that come into play for the people that you work with and represent, that's really cool. You know, I, you you spent time in so many different countries, and you even spent time growing up in South America and different regions. How did that come into play? Learning more about the Latin community.
2: Well, I was very fortunate. Um, I was like I said, like you said, I was born in Australia, but at the age of five, I moved to the Philippines and lived in the Philippines for six years. And in the Philippines, in the schools, um, you had to choose a language. It was either Tagalog, English, which I spoke, um, uh, Spanish, or or Mandarin and i did start with mandarin but i quickly changed to spanish so i started learning spanish at a a relatively young age and afterwards we moved to the states and lived on the east coast my father worked for the world bank and he was responsible for some territories in, in in latin america and so i had the good fortune of going to peru at a very young age as an exchange student um I've been going to Brazil since probably 1982, 83, um, and have continued to go there. I've been going to Argentina for many, many years, with my best friend being Argentine. Um, So I've had a really great opportunity to visit those territories in my formative years. And um, I was always impressed by the culture and the diversity in culture between countries and even within countries. So within Brazil, the range of culture that exists from the North to the South, these are massive countries. Um, And I was intrigued. I was always a big music fan and I was always very um, intrigued by um, local music, whether it was local folk music or whether it was rock music or at the time, most of it was either some type of, national folk music or, or, or some type of rock music that I was listening to. I I just put it away in the back of my head that, um, culturally music plays such an important role in these countries. I didn't think at the time that I would have direct involvement working with, um, with the region and working with artists from the region. Um, but when I came to William Morris in, in 2004, and uh, Mark Geiger, who is one of my mentors, uh, brought me to, to, to the agency to help build out the international business. Um, I started to see that in Latin America, there was just a lot of opportunity. At the time, there was um, there were very few promoters. It was kind of a duopoly between some big players. And there were many young people who were contacting me wanting to do shows, and they would find me because of the artists who I represented, and I decided that it was worth trying to take uh, to, to develop these up-and-coming young promoters. Some of them were in their twenties, early twenties. You know, fast forward twenty years later, or almost twenty years later, um, you know that now they are major promoters in the region. You know, some of them are. The owners or or the promoters of Lollapalooza or other festivals down in the region, but that way of how I decided to kind of develop and work with these young up and coming promoters also a helped build these incredible friendships with people, but also b they trusted me and they would bring um, interesting local music to me and introduce interesting local music to me, so I kind of felt like I had a a, a front row seat watching how um how how these countries all flourished and developed in terms of music and new genres and so forth at the time it was it was a little bit tricky because um latin music hadn't yet had the explosion that it has had today i we we had a a real kind of feeling that it was coming um mark was very much a pro streaming person and he felt that streaming was going to lead to a massive explosion of um of of kind of niche genres and um you know we started really investing into building up internally the latin team at wme going back you know six seven eight years and um as we as we did that we had the good fortune of, um, streaming exploding and the, you know, the proliferation of streaming, you know, has probably helped Latin music more than any single genre that I can, that I can think of. And I don't want to call Latin. I hate to lump it in as Latin music yeah. because there's <laughs> so, so broad. many, yeah. it's so broad. Yeah, so, please, so please, much. Please,
1: It's so big.
2: Please don't, um, take that, I always correct people when they do that towards me. And so I don't want to be guilty of doing the same thing, but if we do lump it together in some way, um, streaming really is, is people ask me, what, why, why did, what's the explosion? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? And it was really because um, accessibility um, through streaming just changed the game. And along with that, the quality of music improved and interest and just became a global, it really became a global game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we were hoping that would happen and we were betting on it and it, and it did. So we were quite well structured to be able to um, really work with that. And, you know, at WME, we have a really great team of people who um, work in the, primarily in the Latin space, several colleagues of mine who have, um, who really do a fantastic job. And it really needs to be a team effort because, as you know, with with the, with the team that we've built out, and it has to be a team effort today because it's not easy. Even though streaming has helped this massive explosion of, of Latin music and numbers or, you know, top streamed artists in the world and this, that, and the other, it's still a huge job of education it's a huge job of um introducing whether it's new genres whether it's new individuals and um so that we spend a lot of time doing that it's nothing's an automatic and having one person you know on Juanes, there's five people on the team surrounding him and working on him just 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 working from our side you know there's people on the music side. There's people on the film side. There's people on the book side. And it's, you know, they're not only doing Juanes, but they are part of the Juanes team. Similarly, whether it's with Jay Balvin or whether it's with, um, you know, one of our many other mm-hmm. clients, it's all about finding the right people to be part of that team. And, um, you know, that is 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 the single most important thing is the teamwork.
0: So finding the right person... To be part of the team, does that mean they have to love the work of that artist or not necessarily?
2: I think being passionate about uh, what you do and the artists you work with is critical. Um, Is it always the case? I'd like to say yes, but, you know, at times we bring people in and then change them because for whatever reason, they may not either connect with the project or they may not connect with the team. so, in an ideal world, yes, I think it needs to be. The truth is, if we're not passionate about something and if we don't connect, it's probably not the right thing for us to be right. doing. And you know, when I meet, and I, I I just had a meeting with a client the other day, a very she's a very big artist, and um, I always tell them, go meet with other people as well. Mm. You know, See who go you drive with, with. Go 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 meet with other agencies. Go go sit with other people. And when I first, when some of my, my colleagues first heard this, they, after the meeting, they are like, what are you doing? Are why, you are doing? You, <laughs> why, why, why are you, why, are you, why, are you, why are you, why are you, why are you doing that? And, you know, my belief is it's gotta be, it's like a marriage. It's gotta be, yeah, that you right know, fit. it's gotta be, it's gotta be right for both, both people because otherwise it's probably not going to work. And, you know, I've worked with, you know Juanes for such a long time I have worked with Balvin for a long time most of the clients that I work with have been for re- incubus of client for i don't know 15 years so you know these are long relationships that you build um, and if you you want that other person to have also done their research and legwork and and checked out and compared and you know maybe
0: yeah feel I mean feel confident that they did the right choice right Hundred percent. After the the Latin explosion, as we may call it, um, right now we all know that the U.S. Hispanic market is ginormous, right? And to the point where we're really not even a minority anymore. Um, Are agencies like WME seeing us as general market? And does it actually matter?
2: Well, it's an interesting um, thing that happened. We had an office in Miami, which um we decided to close and that was about 6 years ago now maybe 7 years ago um and the reason we did is we felt that we were isolating and siloing um the efforts in the latin world outside of what was happening in the agency by having the office there very often it was an island and it was doing the things that it did. And it was just difficult to incorporate it into the agency as a whole. And what we decided to do was close the office. It doesn't mean we don't go to Miami 15 times a year or 20 times a year. (laughs) Right.
0: Um,
2: But what we did is we put the people into London, New York, LA, Nashville, who are working in the Latin space. And we developed those teams more in those those, um, different offices And what it allowed us to do was to be closer with the Latin artists that we represent to everything else that was going on in the agency, whether it was in the areas of television, whether it was in the film, whether it was in the areas of commercials um, or or branding opportunities. Um, And it just allowed much closer tie to kind of the bigger global picture of what's going on in terms of opportunities in the space. You know, my feeling is that the lines between Latin and non Latin or Korean and non kore you know, the lines are getting blurred, you know, and we need to structure ourselves and, and act like that. So on almost all of the, not on almost all, on all of the teams that we have in the Latin world um, or from, from the Latin world, we have Anglo people involved on them. You know, we have, um, people coming from you know my partner on Cafe Tacuba is Kevin Shivers who doesn't speak he loves mexico but he doesn't speak much <laughs> spanish okay you know right. and he's and he's done an absolutely incredible job for for cafe because he's he's brought differing views and different opportunities that may not be that may not be seen otherwise um, and we really believe that that's the way that the industry operates that's the way that music is global that's why i said in the beginning it's such a global business um you know so when you say general market or i think it's all i look at it all as as a global as a global business yes there are certain genres which are you know more niche but you know if you look at something like bombast Stereo, who we've been working with for i don't know 10 years or something of the sort now maybe more than that um, you know, we look at them the same way we would look at I don't know, the killers or, or nine inch nails, you know, and we want to bring them similar types of, of opportunities. And
0: did you know that the killers is my favorite band?
2: No, that I didn't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite band as, as Raul can attest and everybody else in this and
1: in you this know, podcast. My favorite band is Depeche Mode. So you work with a couple of our <laughs> of our favorites. Yeah.
2: And... Listen. I'm very lucky. I have to say, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to work with these incredibly talented individuals. And if you look at both of those bands, they're both really global bands. Mm-hmm. And you know, if one of the things we we really try to figure out, I'll tell you when 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 Jose, uh, when Jay Balvin first came into my office, he said to me, "I'm a global artist. I want to be a global superstar. I sing in Spanish but I'm global. And that set kind of the, the compass in a certain direction and everything we've tried to do in terms of developing him has had that as really being a, a a compass, a guiding arrow for us. Um, And it's, it's, it was really interesting. I never forget it. And I tell the story to people, uh, but I think it's really interesting to look at, Jay Balvin or you look at a killers or you look at a Depeche mode, they have the global. They go everywhere and they go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and I recommend artists to go everywhere early in their mm-hmm. career. With the killers, we were going to South America when mm-hmm. you know they were already starting to get big in in Europe, but they weren't yet meaningful in some other parts of what I'm Yeah, started. I mean, I traveled
0: to Colombia to see them. I traveled to Mexico to see them. And this was years ago, and still they were gathering a lot of people. Like that it was packed.
2: Yeah. But it it the sooner you start on developing that, and we try to do the same. You know, we have some great developing Latin talent. Nikki Nicole, for example, Kea from 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 Argentina. You know, Kea's first tour in Europe was I don't know. I think it was twenty five cities. You know, including wow. including going to Poland and Hungary and Romania and. Um, Germany and 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 so on, and it's not only great for the artist to experience it from a, a cultural, you know, opening their eyes to seeing the world, and you know, it influences their music in the future as they develop by seeing the world. But it opens up, you know, new fan bases for them. And once the flag's in the ground, the goal is okay. How do we go back? How do we build yeah. back? How do we go back? And You know, what our artists unfortunately often do is they stay in the kind of areas that they're comfortable with. But what they don't realize that they're doing is they burn those markets out much faster if they don't have a broader kind of global plan or bigger plan than maybe just, you know, 10 countries that they feel comfortable in.
1: Well, well we, we we say this all the time during the podcast, and it, it's it's common knowledge that, that music is the universal language, and it brings people together, so it doesn't matter what language you're singing in, people are going to understand in any part of the world. And you mentioned these these well-established artists and these megastars like The Killers, Depeche Mode, J Balvin, and how long you've been working with them. But then you say a band like Bombasterio, and you say 10, 15 years, that means you were working with them from the early days of Bomba Stereo, Billy and I both know Lee and Simon really well from those early days as well, but where do you see the more potential that you guys have in making a difference? Is it working with that up-and-coming artist or working with somebody that's already established and with a massive audience?
2: Listen, it's a good question, but everyone started when they were small. right? So what what a lot of people don't realize is you know, we've been working with the killers from you know, Kirk Summer started working with the killers ages ago, two thousand I think two thousand and three or two thousand and two maybe was when it started. And you know, the, the the size of them. There's a lot of development goes into um in, into developing these ah, a lot of work goes into developing these acts before the masses may know about them. So yes, it's great when an act gets to be at a, at a certain level but the process of getting there is is equally important and it's um you know finding those next generation acts we've been working with nikki nicole i think for three and a half years now and, and she
0: started like four years ago yeah. <laughs> right so i remember
2: i remember yeah. seeing a video of her on a bicycle and i said to <laughs> yeah I, 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 I you probably know which video yes. it is and i yeah. and i said i said to um Richard Vega and Stephen Schultz, because again, we've got a team, Richard Vega, who's, you know, closer to the Latin world and Stephen Schultz, who's an Anglo guy. We all looked at this and we said, we're going after this. We, we want to represent her. At the time I said, this girl could be the Billie Eilish from Latin America. That's what I really felt. Um, and she's, she's fantastic. phenomenal. She's, she's phenomenal.
0: A, and her image know, has, I mean, I remember seeing that video too. And now like I see her image has changed so much since since that video, um, but
2: you know, I have to tell you a quick story. So we were when we were still working on signing her, and we went to meet her and, and her manager Putelaria in, in Las Vegas. Um, we had seen—I don't know if you know—but she's got a tattoo mm-hmm. on her neck. You know what? The, you, you know what the tattoo says? Oh, I it's know bu-
0: I've read it, but I don't. I've know. read a, it. And
2: I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it says bullshit. Oh, <laughs> so yes. So I. So That's I. It that's it and this is we will, we will go to no we we will stop nowhere to sign an act but i said to richard i said richard we got we got to get these tattoos so he went and got um we 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 took photos of it enlarged it and we had um these temporary tattoos made um and he and i both brilliant. had the bull oh
0: my god that's brilliant <laughs> had,
2: the, had the bullshit tattoos but we had our shirts buttoned up when we, we had a lunch, I think it was breakfast or lunch. And then we both kind of, it's kind of hot in here. We took it off. And then <laughs> we, and we were, we kind of continued having the, having the breakfast. And then she goes, she, she noticed the bullshit. <laughs> I, I, we have the photos somewhere. It's very I, funny. That's awesome. That's
0: great. And what a great way to connect, you know, yeah, but those
2: are, you know, those are the things that really, I think are important and make a difference in terms of, you know if she wouldn't have gotten it then maybe she wouldn't be right for us you know what i mean right. if that's those are the those are kind of those little things okay. where um it's it's fun you know this is a job but at the same time we're not in a coal mine and we're very lucky to be doing what we're doing and so and those are the small things that you know make it worth it when you are able to do that
1: Going in and talking with somebody like a Nikki Nicole, and you know, meeting her maybe for the first time, she's also surrounded by that team, and they're she's so young, they're very protective of her image, what she's to do, or what they want her to do, and what to, how do you kind of you know break that barrier? I mean that that idea with that ta- with the tattoo is brilliant. That's an amazing icebreaker, but then you got to kind of like say like look we're the real deal. We're here to help you guys and we can do something for you that maybe you don't have access to. How do you kind of build that trust with the artist and their team, specifically with somebody like a Nikki Nicole? Cause we had her on and, and it was, it was such a genuine conversation, but then we had to deal with our team.
2: So look, you said some of the key words, trust is, Is the key word, and it takes time. And you can see that in a relationship when the trust it starts to, you know, really get stronger. And and and, but it 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 takes time. At the end of the day, it's your work, and it's when you start delivering things, and you start to say, "We are going to get you onto Coachella. We are going to get you um, this or that or whatever it is that." we put into a plan and we start, you know, we put, cause what we, what we do with our clients is we sit down and we put longer term strategies together. Um, you know, it's, it's very important that you don't just go, okay, I wake up today and go, okay, I'm going to go book three shows for Nikki Nicole or I'm going to book four shows for you know the killers. Each artist has, has a calendar, has a strategy, has a plan that fits in with their life, fits in with, their life cycle, fits in with their recording career, fits in with lots of things. And, you know, we put that, and those plans change over time, depending on how things develop, how quickly songs take off, et cetera.
0: What viruses are attacking us.
2: What viruses are attacking us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whether you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Um, But, uh, you know, we put a plan together. And then as and a lot of those are aspirational things in those plans, and um, you know some of them are easier to get, and some of them are you know more challenging. And as you do deliver on things, you can feel how the trust starts to get you know stronger and stronger. But the other thing that's really important, and and um, you know, in no way do I want this to come across sounding bad. Brandon's getting ready with the he's getting ready with the, <laughs> the you know the v, the veto button. But um, it's also important that, you know, we try to speak from the heart and really speak genuinely and really look after the artist's interest. And, you know, we're a big agency. I've been doing it for a long time. I don't want to say name a name, but Artist X isn't going to necessarily change my life or my trajectory. So what what I try to tell them is if I'm giving you advice or if I'm saying something it's genuine because it's not for me. It really is for you. And it really is something that I feel confident and comfortable with. And I've got years of experience and I have a team around me and around you. And if we're saying something, we're really saying it because it's, it's, it's genuine and it's um, it's, it's genuinely for you. I don't make decisions based on $1 here or $2 there or $5. I the decision really is based on what is best for the artist. And once an artist really gets and understands that, I think they really value it because they need those places of trust and they need those places that they those sounding boards that they can really rely on. And that's what we wanna that's what we wanna be.
0: So if you guys wanna listen to our episode with Nick and Nicole, it's episode number forty nine here on Pilito en La Música. Rob, so you know, we're talking about getting to know bands and signing them when they're just starting, you know, like Nicki Nicole, like Bomba Stereo, And both Raul and I and you see so many amazing talent all the time. And as we all know, they don't all make it, right? Um, And that's so frustrating sometimes because you see those sometimes who make it that are not as talented as those who didn't, right? So very frustrating. But what are the key characteristics that are necessary to make it? Like you just mentioned, Jay Balbin walked into your office clearly with a lot of confidence to be able to say, I'm a global artist. Like, is that one of the things that you're looking for?
2: Look, you know, to go back to your, your point, success is, and talent is, it is very subjective. So, you know, I work with some unbelievably who I consider talented individuals who haven't become as successful as some others. And they're perfectly happy with their lives, with their um, environment and with their achievements. But do you Um, feel like
0: they haven't followed your advice? Like you were just mentioning now?
2: No, no, they may, they may. I I, I have a couple who their focus is just elsewhere. They have family that they want to spend, you know, more time with. They just, don't necessarily have the aspiration to be um, on the road 250 days a year and um, you know they are perfectly happy doing one album every three years and then doing 30 shows and you know making a living from that so I think there's a variety of types of people you know there are people who yes are focused and do want to become the next J Balvin or Depeche Mode or whatever and don't make it and maybe they do follow advice that's given. There is no exact formula. We, we know that. And, and I wish there was, and I wish we could guarantee it for people. And sometimes it does break your heart when you see someone who is, um, you know, in your opinion,
0: checks, all the boxes,
2: checks, all the boxes, yeah. more talented and yeah. so forth. Um, the, that's the reality of, of the business. And, You know, it's so cyclical in terms of um, what happened, what is hot, what isn't hot. And, you know, if someone is maybe late in a cycle and the cycle starts to drop. And
1: how do you manage some of those expectations that they may have? Like that's that's, you know,
2: you really try to do your best within um, kind of the. The re- you try to keep expectations as close to reality as, as, as possible. So often when we meet with people, we try to drill into what their expectations are. And if we don't think that we can achieve the expectations, then often we've said, listen, we're probably not right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or we say, listen, your expectations are lofty. Are you prepared to uh, adjust them? Um, because we think it's more in line with this. And sometimes it naturally goes in a different way. And sometimes it's a conscious decision to, you know, to go in a different way. Um, But it is, it's, 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 it's a challenge. There's no, if there was a magic answer, you know, we'd be sitting somewhere else, but. uh...
1: (laughs) Well, I think you guys are doing all right. I think you guys are doing all right. (laughs) Managing such expectations and really connecting with the artists.
2: Listen, we, passion is the most important part of this and if you have an artist and a team who's passionate on the artist side and you you know you try to have an agent team who's passionate that's the best you can ask for Mm. that's really the best that's really the best you can ask for and then you try to do the best all around and you hope for the best and listen i'm so proud of People like Bon Buff, what they've achieved and how they've broken down barriers and culture. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing to watch. It's, it's And there's lots and there's lots of them. And, you know, you feel in a little way that you've participated in that. And that's a good, that's a really good feeling.
0: So we've spoken about how many languages you speak and how international you are. Um, and we've mentioned a couple of your artists like Depeche Mode and Jay Balvin, but you also have Kaigo toto um, amongst others i mean we're talking about not only different genres and languages but also different cultures and generations so how do you take these differences into account when approaching your clients
2: i mean look it's it's interesting i i've been working with kaigo now for i think 7 years something of the sort and he's a, a young individual very talented his managed manager is a, a, a fantastically creative and um, very capable and um, individual i've learned so much because i'm i'm 50 I'll be, i'm 54 now so i'm much older you know they're not yet 30 and so there's a big you know there's i'm almost twice their age and i, I just am so lucky because i learn from these individuals and i learn and they try to take everything in and then put it away. And then you have it there to be able to take out to use in, in another um, situation. So, um, you know, there's very little training that can happen in this business. Your training is really your day to day. And every every event, every phone call, you're learning, you're training. You're... And so the range of artists I work in every direction from, you know, Smurfs, Toto, it's so diverse that so diverse. just by nature of that, you're learning. And it is really great. The great thing is when you're able to start to connect the dots between some of them. You know, I remember, um, and I've told the story before, the manager of Kygo called me. He's playing, um, they were playing Hangout Festival in Gulf Shores, um, Alabama. And he called me and he said, What do you think if we get I'm trying to come up with a big idea. What do you think if I get Jimmy Buffett to come out with us?
0: What?
2: At, 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 Sipping at margaritas? Hangout, at Hangout. And I thought to myself, I, I might have even said, I said, no fucking way you're going to get Jimmy <laughs> Buffett to come out with you at Hangout. Fast forward, next thing I'm getting is a photo of them getting on a private plane together to, to fly to Hangout, perform together, Huge, massive success, and it's led on to a relationship between them. You know, someone who's been around for a long time and a newer client, and you know, and
0: completely learned, different genres and backgrounds.
2: Completely different. Go, 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 go! Look at it on YouTube. You'll I see will. It. Just yeah, go and check it out. Really cool. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but what I learned from it from this young manager, who I think was I don't know twenty four at the time. Who am I to say? it's not going to happen
0: and no limits
2: you know so that that whole idea of no limits and i think the younger generation the attitude of really pushing the boundaries of what is and isn't possible is just for me it's great to see and it's it's helped me a lot and it's a motiv- it's actually motivating when you see someone like that do something you know make something into a reality it just reminds you that the world's a big place and anything's possible. Totally,
1: totally. Well, I mean, you you answered one of my questions that I already wanted to ask is like, you know, you work with such big festivals and, you know, trying to create, you know, that special onstage performance with collaborations of Latin artists and non-Latin artists. That's that's amazing that that came through, you know, and, and I'm hearing kind of a parallel to the record labels and what what. The kind of artist development mentality is, and I never even thought that there was that parallel between the agencies, such a, like a like a William Morris and what you do to what the record label does. And how important is it to work with the record labels when when that that's actually the case where they're trying to dictate? Okay, the future for sales and where they're going to be, you know, what their market is going to be, and that kind of stuff.
2: But I mean, we work we work very closely with Benny. Labels. I mean, there are artists who don't have uh, record labels and do things themselves, but we do work closely with labels. Um, You know, this the the point of featureings and collaborations. um, You know, it's a big it's a big business. I think in the Latin space, it may have gotten a little bit out of control. Where at times you don't know anymore. You can barely fit the number of featurings on the line because it's... <laughs> And then you throw in
1: the remixers
2: and, the... <laughs> and then and then the re, and then the remix comes and, and, and the remix so forth. The remix, You know, there have been some really great opportunities that have come out of it. And I think, you know there's a a, a big uh, effort by the Anglo space to do things with the Latin space, Latin space to do things with the Anglo space. So I I do think those are really exciting. The other place where I think it's important is on tours with support acts. And this talks to artist development where you put an up-and-coming act or maybe an act who is already big in Latin America but not big in America – you look for the appropriate tour to put them on and give them the exposure of that bigger audience. And that's a a very important part of the uh, artist development process because um, getting artists in front of people is um, in the live business is, is is really critical. And at a young, you know, a young developing act to get them on um, you know, we just had Diamante Electrico supporting Cafe Tacuba um, you know, across the states. That's a huge opportunity. That oh, was a yeah. huge opportunity that was a huge opportunity for them. And um, well
0: deserved because they're great. And
2: and absolutely well deserved. They're 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 fantastic. But it also helps it helps in the development process. So you know on the back of that we were able to go to Bottle Rock Festival and show that uh Diamante had done all these shows across America. And it made them more appealing to the uh, buyers at Bottle Rock. And now they're going to be on Bottle Rock. So that's great. it's all part of the development process. Um, and sometimes you have to convince artists to take less money than they might normally want because of the the value of the development and the opportunity. Um, but that's, you know, the, the, those are challenges. So we, a lot of what we do is strategizing in that way. Of how do you um, what are those stepping stones? and how do you um, build, get get those those stones in in order to help to grow grow the artist's career?
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Rob. We know you're super busy. You probably have seventeen calls in the next two minutes. <laughs> they
1: have all gone to voicemail already,
0: <laughs> but we really appreciate you sharing a little bit more about your expertise and your experience in the in the music world. And uh, it's been super interesting. So thank you.
2: I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with both of you. And um, if we can be of help in any way, um, I'm really happy to. And, you know, I'd like to just end with it's so important, the team um, that we have. And no one can do this by themselves. Um, You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, the team of people who I have. Uh, or who, who we have working with us, and I'm really, pr- I'm really proud of them, um, and I want to give them the credit that they deserve. So,
0: well, I mean, you can always thank us with just putting us on the forever VIP free list for the
2: Mode for Raúl and got, the Killers I, for I, me. I, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hear you. The lifetime, the the Coachella lifetime ticket example. Yeah, forever and ever.
1: It really is. It really is fun to talk with you about all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. I mean, really, there's there's nothing else beyond that. But yeah, it feels like we're barely scratching the surface with everything that we were we're we're getting into and I, I feel like we can talk for hours so there might need to be a a part two and part three to to our conversation for sure
2: if if you ever want just reach out I'm happy to help and you know maybe having some of the other team players if it's right come on at a certain time that could also be helpful so you get a not not just an old man's view but you get some of the younger blood get the younger blood in there as well
1: Rob, I'm right there with you at age. So I, I think that, you know that's just a number, man. It's it's you know the, we're passionate about the music, and that's what drives all of us.
2: I hear you. I appreciate it. I love the passion that you guys have. I love what you're doing, and um, I'm very very honored to be here.
0: What an impressive human being. Thank you so much again to Rob Marcus for taking the time to talk to us and to you guys who are listening that are in the music industry. I am sure these are super helpful, great advice, great tips, great way to have an insight into what really happens in the music industry in such a huge and important agency as WME.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you say the name William Morris, you know that comes with a caliber of artists and, and you know. So it, it was cool to, to talk with him. And... Yes, this is the first of our industry insider chats, and we got some really cool ones coming up. We got Diana Rodriguez from Criteria, Tomas Cookman from Industria Works, national Records, amongst many, many others coming down the pipeline. So... These are kind of a cool way to get just a little backstage sneak peek, not just with the artist, but with the business side of things.
0: And some will be in Spanish, some will be in English. So make sure to tune in every month to these very special editions of Pili Raúl en la Musica, Music Industry Edition. Raúl. Pili. I'll see you next time.
1: You got it. Ah.
0: Bye bye.